the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Abigail Johnson. Welcome to Education America, where we are working to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Join our conversation. K-12 education is the playing field where the battle is on for the future of our country. And as the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, succinctly stated, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. And I am so happy to be here once again with my wonderful co-host, Abigail Johnson. Yes, it's really, really good to be here. It's good to be back with this book. Yes, it's kind of fun to get um, to get to come back and have a couple conversations about mm-hmm. about this book again. We are going to be talking tonight about the coddling of the American mind. So this is a book that came out quite a while ago. It's not a new book, mm-hmm. um, but it was. It's just it's so pertinent. To I was just what's gonna say, going to say it just now. seems to be getting more and more pertinent. You know, oh. as time goes on, right? Yeah. I think when was the copyright on this I'm book? It was right maybe ninety. No, no, not 90. 2000, was it 16, 17? 2019. 19. Oh, okay. So, so more, oh, 2000, yeah, 2019, anywhere in there. But yeah. <laughs> even then, even when they were writing it, they were looking backwards. But now looking at the book, right. looking at the things that they were examining at the time, mm-hmm. now it almost feels commonplace. Yes. Everything that's going on. So what we're going to be They were trying to sound the alarm. And, they were. Yeah. Saying everything that we're seeing on these universities, um, you know, this is a problem. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of people in our culture saying, oh, don't worry. Mm-hmm. You know, those kids are going to grow up. They're going to go out in the real world and realize that, you know, Basically, those temper tantrums don't work mm-hmm. in the real world. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, now all of those um, students have moved on into corporate America, yeah. and we're we're seeing this everywhere. And in mm-hmm. fact, today, even as we are recording this, we're seeing all over um, Twitter is a buzz. Mm-hmm. It looks like the deal with Elon Musk is going to, going to go through, and um, his employees. Um, they sent him a letter. And, it, and now it wasn't like a Christmas card. It wasn't a welcome to Twitter. It was, so here are our demands. Mm-hmm. And so you just see all I wonder how well that'll go over with the guy oh, who yeah. <laughs> thinks he's on top of the world anyway. Yeah. I mean, you know, I give the guy great kudos for all he's accomplished, but I don't think you tell a person like that your demands. <laughs> yeah. He did walk right. into Twitter headquarters with the, with the same. I love that. <laughs> I know. I had I got such a kick out of that video. I may know? or may not have been dancing behind my right. computer going, right. Look at this. this is great. This was hilarious. I know. Let that sink in. 
it. Yes. <laughs> he is there. So, I mean, but this is what we see. We see that, you know, people that the things that we're going to be discussing, you know, that are going on in the book, you know, it did. It moved on from the universities. It has moved on, unfortunately, into kind of the adult realm. So yeah. one of the things that we are going to be talking about from the book, they wrote a great chapter on um, intimidation and violence. Mm-hmm. And so we're, what we're really the main question that we want to talk about is a phrase that I think most of our listeners have heard either from their coworkers or they see it on social media. Um, you know, speech is violence. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to talk mm-hmm. about. Is mm-hmm. speech really violence? Mm-hmm. How in the world did we get to this place yeah. where, and I think that's where a lot of us are looking around going, wait a minute. How did we, how, how is this so common mm-hmm. now that, mm-hmm. and it's very much accepted that, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that is violent. So we want to talk a little mm-hmm. bit more about that. Kind of where we got to this point. Now, yes. in, in the coddling of the American mind, um, as they introduced this topic, they told the story about in February of 2017, where the University of California, Berkeley, um, exploded into violence over Milo Ianopoulos. It, it's Ianopoulos. It's a, yeah, it's a weird, it's yes, a strange it is. One. It's a hard one. Um, and he, he is, you know, admittedly, uh, by, by their definition, a skilled provocateur, uh, a master of the art of triggering outrage. And, um, this is again, the, the books, uh, the author's perspective, not my own. But that being said, we know he wasn't a tame person. It wasn't like inviting Mother Teresa to your campus. <laughs> yes. But at the same time, Campuses have traditionally been the place where we expect to have differences of opinions and have conversations about um, various viewpoints. And in fact, that was actually one of the things that struck me about this story was that this very incident took place where some of the campus violence of 1964 took place Mm -hmm. to actually demand this whole notion of having differing ideas, differing viewpoints, mm-hmm. free speech. Yep. And yet, how many years later then, from 1964 to 2017, what is that, about 50 years maybe, something like that, um, suddenly that same site is being used to shut down speech Yep, that is being disagreed with. And not only just try to shut it down by holding nice signs up saying, we disagree with him, um, mm-hmm. it's violence. Yep. I mean, these these were violent protests that occurred. People were, there was damage of $500,000. There were fires. There were people being bloodied up. And um, people then, some of these college students who were, of course, dressed in black, like Antifa, um, were even posting about it on mm-hmm. the internet afterwards and saying, yeah, this is what we did. And these people, they're, you know, they're right alt people and they, you know, neo-Marxists, they are neo-Nazis um, uh, and they need to be treated like this. And, you know, it's just amazing to me. They kind of turn it into this us versus them yep. notion, um, which, of course, is one of the points of the book. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where the coddling of the American mind kind of says a lot of this started. This was kind of like mm-hmm. the beginning of this transformation of going from saying verbally, I disagree with you or I don't agree, you know, I don't agree with your thinking or being upset, um, maybe writing an angry letter to the editor or whatever, um, to to them, to to these students thinking that it's justifiable 
to be violent yep. because you disagree. Yep. And none of those students were punished, by the way. Nope. They were admitting to having done it. So they, they knew who some of these students were. And the college canceled the talk and they didn't even punish the perpetrators with $500,000 worth of damage. Yep. And literally, when we're talking about violence here, um, you know, yes, there is property damage. Um, we're talking about people literally being clubbed over the head, yeah. bloody. Um, so these were really, um, this was really kind of one of the seminal yes. incidences where people are using the excuse of listening to entertaining this speaker on campus. Mm-hmm. It, it violates my safety. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, clearly the speaker isn't going to their dorm room. He does, you know, you don't even have to listen to it. Right. And again, we're not supporting necessarily the speaker himself. Um, right. And I definitely think actually the authors of this book uh, probably differ politically more from you and I, just mm-hmm. from when I read it, I can mm-hmm. tell they're coming from a different perspective. Um, so no one's necessarily saying, hey, this guy has great things to say you should go listen. Mm-hmm. But it is more of, well, once you start saying he threatens me just mm-hmm. by being his close, words, just yes. by allowing words to leave his face. Yeah. You know, where does that take us? And it allows this kind of behavior and unfortunately allows kind of a justification of this behavior right. as well. Right. And again, this was, you know, really disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, people whacking on on others, people mm-hmm. who had to be taken to the hospital. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and this was, I mean, you just, this was a mob. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of crazy. So we just, and, and this has become more and more That's what I was pervasive. just going to say. So that was, as you said, a seminal moment. And um, it, it justified in people's minds and student college students' minds like, oh, well, this worked. We, yes. we got the campus to get rid of this guy that we disagree with. And so violence works was yes. the message they got. The us versus them works. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then basically the redefinition of what violence is. It's so interesting that they would say, you know, by by virtue of the fact that a speaker that I disagree with coming to my campus and speaking is going to cause me violence. It's, it's violence against me. Mm-hmm. Um, yet they're doing actual physical violence yes. and causing harm, mm-hmm. but somehow they don't seem that see that connection. No, they don't. And, and that was really interesting that the authors kind of pointed out was talking about this term of concept creep yeah. that, you know, we, you know, let's even just back up. 15 years. We all understood an act of violence is a physical act of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, phys- you know, violent violence is physical in nature. Right. Um, now it, this concept creep of, well, violence is really anything that makes me uncomfortable mm-hmm. that threatens what I think about myself or how I view the world. Mm-hmm. And that really is basically a manipulation of someone who has that ideology, they are being manipulated because then once you, th- and, and again, this is the author's point, mm-hmm. is, is if you're being manipulated in that way to view anything that shakes or, or in any way challenges your, the view of yourself or the way you view the world, well, then, I mean, if that's violence, then they are justified mm-hmm. in doing that. So mm-hmm. I thought that that was really interesting. And mm-hmm. I hope that, I hope that our listeners find that interesting more so because sometimes when this stuff is coming at you so fast and so furious, you just sit there going, I know this is wrong, but I don't, but know, I don't why. know why. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I mean, and in mm-hmm. kind of in the heat of conversation, mm-hmm. you're fumbling around trying mm-hmm. to figure out, mm-hmm. 
I don't know what to say. Well, I mean, yeah. And I think the kind of one of the underlying important things, takeaways from this is to recognize you use the term concept creep about the word violence. People need to understand that the word violence is being used in sort of a double fashion. So, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to actual criminal law, there are violent crimes and there are nonviolent crimes. Mm-hmm. And the violent crimes have a stronger penalty, which is rightly so, right? Mm-hmm. Versus nonviolent crimes. And yet, if speech is now going to be deemed as violence, mm-hmm. and, and each person has their own perspective, where what happens to the rule of law if we carry this out to its natural progression, right? Yep. I mean, are we going to start having people go to jail for saying things that don't agree with the larger group of people? And then what happens to our democracy? Democracy mm-hmm. is supposed to protect the minorities, yep. right? But now what happens is it's really just a bit, a bunch of group think. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're even seeing, you know, some people would say, well, that's where the DOJ already is right now. Yep. They are already going after people who are speaking out, parents who are speaking out at board meetings who disagree with what the what school is teaching. Suddenly they're being investigated yes. and threatened because some they went to a school board meeting. Yes. Yeah. So in a way, it is starting to re, kind of realign our judicial system already. Mm-hmm. And that's a frightening prospect. So then it's just like a small little leap from that to being in a living in a totalitarian society where you could be arrested or marked for saying the wrong thing. Yep. I mean, that's yep. a frightening. And we aren't that far from that. Yes. It's really astounding to me. It is. It really is astounding. And I think that what... I mean, and I think I'm not alone in this. When I look at the news, when I look at instances like this, and yeah. I think, and you read this, the very milk, to, if if the school faculty stood up at all, mm-hmm. um, if the administration stood up to the students at all, it was in a very milk toast mm-hmm. way. And I just sit there going, where are the adults Yeah, who just say calmly, mm-hmm. this is not appropriate? You know, you are we are going to host speakers. If you don't if you don't like the speaker, you are not in any way obligated to go. You are not obligated to listen to what they have to say. You're not obligated to participate in any way. Mm -hmm. But this action is not acceptable. And we're seeing how, you know, we need adults to stand up and say calmly but to say this is not okay, this yeah. behavior is not okay. And it, what is really interesting, I didn't get a chance to chat with you about this, but yeah. what is really interesting is actually one of the authors of this book. Mm-hmm. So obviously this book was written you know, several years ago, Well, um, and the author has been in higher education. So it's written by two men. Um, one of them, its name is Jonathan Haidt. Mm-hmm. Please excuse me if I'm... Uh, butchering his last Height. name. I think it's Height. 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 Thank yes. you. Mm-hmm. So basically, very recently, he had to drop out of one of his professional organizations. So he was going to, he's been a part of, it's called the Society for Personality and Social Psychology. And it's one of his primary professional associations. And he actually resigned from this. And it was a very public thing. And he did so because he they were requiring basically a diversity statement mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. all speakers. And he said, 
you know, I am sorry, but I don't believe in this, you know, explicitly ideological, you know, statement that you're requiring. You know, mm-hmm. this is still about free speech. We need to really look at Again, science and group think all of these Again. things. And so he said, so I'm going to resign from this at the end of the year. If this manda- if this policy on mandatory statements stay in place for future conventions. Hmm. And I was just, I was really impressed, again, um, in part because, uh, again, from how I've read the book, I don't think, you know, he and I would be in the same political ideology. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate when you can see hope that, hey, look, we don't have to agree on everything, but mm-hmm. there are, are people who are willing to step outside of their you know, kind of their bubble, if you mm-hmm. want to call it that, and and realize, wait a minute, this this is really going too far now, and I'm willing to step outside mm-hmm. of that. So he, mm-hmm. um, Jonathan Haidt, has, you know, put that into action, yeah. and I really respect him doing yeah, that. for sure. Well, you are listening to Education America on AM 1280 The Patriot, and we are covering a newer troubling trend in the U.S. where people regard anything that can be interpreted as hate speech or violent speech as being justified to be silenced using physical violence. And, you know, we talked about this Berkeley example, and that was back in 2017. And now we're seeing this trend go beyond the college campuses onto streets. Uh, We saw lots and lots of violence after the George Floyd, um, especially directed at anyone, anyone who supported um, Donald Trump. And um, it was just you know, interesting to see that this was such a seminal moment in 2017. Little did we know just a mere three years later, it was going to explode nationwide, way beyond the college campuses. And this mindset now, I mean, I don't know if you saw this, but over in Britain, all these young kids were going to the a grocery store and dumping out all the milk all over the floor and just causing so much destruction. Because why? Because they were cows and cows are harming the climate, you know, and I I don't want to get too far off in that direction. But the point is, there's there seems to be this lack of respect Mm -hmm. for anything in the name of what you believe is right. Mm -hmm. And you can do whatever you think is right to prove your point, such as dumping milk all over and destroying this grocery store and or setting, you know, a police precinct on fire or, you know, I mean, gluing yourself to a next to a Porsche. I mean, that that one was my favorite, (laughs) I got to tell you. But all the point is, is that it's it's kind of at a point here where we're losing our respect as a society and um, we're losing losing a little bit of the rule of law. And then as to your point earlier, when you see that there's no discipline, mm-hmm. you know, the answer is to not discipline. The answer in the case of the pr- police precinct of government walls was, you know, let it burn, mm-hmm. let it burn, Pacify. let them do this. And, and what kind of a message does that send to the young people mm-hmm. in our culture? And, um, and, and then what kind of a message does that send our K-12 schools? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you, when you bring in education into all of this, sadly, these notions then are being brought into our schools as well. And kids are being taught how to be little activists. Yes. And, you know, our, our new Minnesota social studies standards are teaching them to be little activists. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this is just a problem as far as if we want a culture that is built on freedom and respect, we're going in the wrong direction. Yep. 
Absolutely. And it's 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 very, <clears throat> very upsetting and very disturbing. It is. And what I thought was kind of um, interesting near the end of the chapter, the authors do talk about basically an alternative. And and I will laugh, too, because one of the people that they quote, and this was probably one of my favorite quotes in the whole book, is actually never thought I would be quoting a former <laughs> Obama advisor, thing, yes. but I will be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that it was really, really well done in mm-hmm. saying, you know, basically, number one, they just made the point. We talked about it earlier. You know, if you begin to absorb this concept that someone else saying something that either you don't like or it challenges your worldview, that's violence to yourself, you know, stop and and take a deep breath and realize you are being manipulated. Mm-hmm. You know, that isn't you, you know, that is not a logical way of thinking mm-hmm. um, and and saying, you know, oh, wait a minute, I don't want to be the person that just responds and, you know, lashes out. Instead, let's be reason. Let's mm-hmm. value that, again, reason and respect. It doesn't mean you have to agree. Mm-hmm. It means you can still strongly disagree, mm-hmm. but you can do it in a way that where you can think clearly. I was talking to a, someone who is trained in psychology the other day, and she had a really interesting point. She said, you know, um, because of how your brain is wired, um, the section of your brain, if you're in fight or flight mode, so your cortisol is up, you're really hopped up, you're really mad about mm-hmm. whatever it is someone is saying or or you feel afraid, when you're in that what they call fight or flight mode, you literally are unable to engage the rational thinking part mm-hmm. of your brain. Mm-hmm. And I thought, mm-hmm. huh, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's something, you know, each of us can be thinking about going as, I mean, we all are you can get worked up about whatever it is and going, huh, you really can't have both both zones mm-hmm. of those things in your mind working at the same time. So I thought that that was really interesting. Not only interesting, but that applies then again to our educational system, because unfortunately, what we're seeing in current education establishment, both public and private, by the way, is this sensitivity to um, only one viewpoint Mm-hmm. And then trying to activate kids to be upset, mm-hmm. to to be angry, to be frustrated, to write about it, to talk about it, to go do something about it. Like I said, the the new social studies standards, if they do end up going through, you know, we still don't have those finally uh, approved by an administrative law judge yet, I don't think. I've not seen them. Um, but they are likely to go through and they're very activist based. And so it's interesting that that psychologist told you that because then what is that doing? That's, that's teaching our K-12 school children to become angry activists. Mm-hmm. And that means reason goes out the back window. Yep. And when I consider, you know, our own school, Liberty Classical Academy, where we're, we're using the classical method, where reason is the basis of a classical education. You're teaching mm-hmm. kids to analyze and synthesize and form their own opinions and learn how to defend their opinions with facts. It's not emotion-based at no. all. So it's the, di- it's the polar opposite of mm-hmm. what, what is being kind of presented to kids in the, in the public and, and many private schools today. Um, but again, that leads us to a place that is not going to unify the country. Yep. It's leading us to a place where we are more divided. Yes. And I think we're looking around and unfortunately seeing, you know, that 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 divide is becoming bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I know a lot of people who are who don't want that, who want to be able to say, wow, we really disagree on, you know, a huge number of issues, but 
but we want to be able to have reasoned discussions. We want mm-hmm. to be able to set things aside um, and, you know, in to a certain extent, live and let live. Hey, I don't agree with how you're doing X, but you know what? That's your life. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You know, we have to allow for things that mm-hmm. we disagree with. Mm-hmm. And they had a really interesting quote in this book. And again, I thought this it was just really good. And it said they said, well, in the alternative, mm-hmm. you can choose not to feel harmed. Mm-hmm. And then a quote by Marcus Aurelius advised, choose not to be harmed and you won't feel harm. Don't feel harmed and you haven't been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, these are ideas. And mm-hmm. so um, being harmed by an idea is so ridiculous when yes. you stop and think about it. Um, it's, it's, it is the whole point of education is to be able to share ideas discuss them and land on, you know, what you think is true. And sure, there's going to be different people having different ideas. I mean, even when this country was formed, there were different people with different ideas. Mm -hmm. And yet they came together and said, we want there to be freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. We want there to be freedom of religion. And yet today, those very notions are under attack. No, you must think this way. Well, and that's what uh, the Obama advisor, he was a former advisor to Obama. His name was Van Jones, and he was addressing a group of progressive students. And he was asked about this concept of safe spaces. Mm -hmm. And he specifically said, um, you know, about safe spaces, you know, these are a terrible idea. The idea of being physically safe on campus not, as in, we don't we, sh- we don't want you to be subjected to physical abuse. We don't want you to be subjected to sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. That is great. Mm-hmm. But people need to separate the idea of physical safety from the idea of um, emotional and ide- ideological Ideology. safety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, I don't want you to be safe ideologically. I don't want you to be safe emotionally. I want you to be strong. Yeah. That's different. I'm not going to pave the jungle for you. Put on some boots. Learn how to deal with adversity. I'm not going to take all the weights out of the gym. That is the whole point of the gym. This is the gym. I love that quote. Love yep. that quote. And I never, like you said, I never thought I would Only be time with I'll an ever, Obama ever advisor. quote an Obama advisor. <clears throat> but in that situation, mm-hmm. he had an excellent idea. Yep. We I'm, are not create. college is not to create snowflakes. And really, that's what our whole education system should be teaching is not to create snowflakes, but to create strong, independent people who can think for themselves and who can reason for themselves and have respectful dialogue and debate. Um, and that is the whole point of education, and we're not seeing that today, and it is leading to major problems across mm-hmm. across the nation, and really, I would say across the entire Western culture. Um, yep. It's not it's not what is going to allow this these the freedoms to to continue to exist. Um, <clears throat> there was something I was going to say about that quote, and now I totally forgot what it was. Did I say snowflakes? That yeah. Do you remember? Okay, I already said that. There was something else I was going to say about that, <laughs> and I am totally I lost my train of thought. Oh, University of Chicago, they had a great statement that said we are not going to be one of those colleges. They wrote a letter to students, I want to say like maybe two or three years ago, saying um, this this type of idea, this idea of safe spaces, safe spaces does not belong on our college campus. So that president wow. took the leadership like you were suggesting they should do. So 
That's I great. wonder if they still stand by that or if that's changed. I mean, just I don't know. because we'll look at their website, see if it's still so up, <laughs> see if it's still up. Yes. Anyway, well, this has been a fun conversation and we do recommend people read the book, The Coddling of the American Mind. They are way they were way ahead of their time, even just three years ago, because things have changed so much since then. Um, but thanks for joining us here on Education America. And you can listen to this podcast as well as other episodes at savetheclassroom.com. And we hope that you will follow us also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, join us again next week as we lean into the test scores that we are seeing across America. Thanks so much, Abigail. Great to be with you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.